Hello, Patreon. <laughs> this is Adam Crone from AC Custom Figures and Design, and if you're listening to, the, to this, you already know that, and I should know that, but I'm telling you anyway. Welcome to the first episode of my podcast, which I am tentatively and uh, uh, pretentiously calling Podcast from the Porch, AC Custom Figure and Design podcast from the porch i'm calling it that because at the moment i am standing on the most beautiful porch in the best city in the world chicago uh that is attached to the coolest apartment i'll ever live in and i thought why not come out here and take advantage of that it's a beautiful night the air is cool and not humid and I'm going to ha- come April, I'm going to have to vacate this place anyway, which is sad, but another story for another time. So here I am on the porch podcasting. Uh, I'm using the Anchor app, which uh, thank you, Jesse DeStacio, for the tip on that. I hope that it works. I've tried before and obviously screwed it up because I'm me. But uh, we'll try it again. So a podcast from the porch, episode one. <clears throat> I thought for the first episode I would tell you guys about me and how I got into this thing that you're so interested in following, which I'm flattered by, by the way, uh, to have all of you here. Um, It means a lot, a a whole lot. And just FYI, I am outside, so we might hear some sirens, some sirens, some planes. Uh, O'Hare Airport isn't, well, it's, I don't know how far it is, 20 miles. The planes fly over here because I'm a few blocks from Lake Michigan. I've got the uh, the skyline of Chicago in front of me and the skyline of the east coast of Chicago to the east of me. Um, suburbs to the west, more of Chicago to the north, including Wrigleyville where the Cubs play, uh, but I digress. Uh, I've also got my dog here hanging out, keeping me company, so you might hear her in the background. So anyway, I thought I'd start with how I got to where I am, the history of me, get it over with, out of the way, because it's boring. But it is a question that I get asked from time to time. How did I get into this? And I've got a bit of a dry throat, so I'm sipping on some drink. So bear with me. Um, all right, so the mistake I made before in these recordings was not going chronologically, so I'll try to do that. So one day I was born, and it's I was. it seems like literally from the moment I was born I was interested in art I'm sure that wasn't the case but that's how I remember it um, however my mom did literally potty train my brother and I with comic books I have pictures of that um, maybe I'll remember to put those up with this on the uh, on patreon <clears throat> being potty trained with a spider-man comic uh, and I believe that the root the foundation of all of this toy business, this toy biz, if you will, that we're in, I believe the root of it is comic books. I believe that the video game industry, the toy industry, it all goes back to comics. Uh, whatever comics you've, you're into, if you're going back that far, it was probably Marvel, <clears throat> Timely, uh, Stan Lee, Kirby Ditko, Captain America, even before all that action comics number one, all that stuff. But comic books is 
it's a huge part of my life still. Um, and I know a lot of toy lines that I collect, um, I wouldn't be collecting if they didn't have some sort of uh, continuity or history or, because uh, without a story behind the piece of plastic you're holding, it's just a piece of plastic, at least to me. And that is the best part in my mind of the best era of toys, which was the 80s. I'm 42. I grew up through the 80s. I collected everything. Um, if you guys, I know you follow my AC custom figures and design, but I've also got Mom Gave Them Away on Instagram, where I just post 80s nostalgia stuff, and most of it is toys that my mom did literally give away when we moved from the Chicago suburbs to North Carolina. She gave all that stuff away. That was like 1987, 88. <clears throat> so I had just a treasure trove of the most amazing toys that have ever been made um, from the big stuff He-Man, Transformers, G.I. Joe Star Wars to the obscure Jason the uh, Wheeled Warriors no Jace, Wheeled Warriors uh, Sky Commanders Legions of Power Starriors you name it, I, mean, I go on all day and Humanoids um, all that stuff given away Ugh, breaks my heart every time I think about it. And every time I think about it, I think, is there a bin somewhere in some room in my attic in my parents' house where they just forgot that it was there? They forgot that they moved it. They forgot that they brought it with. Maybe someday. Uh, so, I yeah, so I grew up with all those toys, and I loved them. And... All of those toys, a lot of them, a lot of those toy lines came with mini comics. And I'm not trying to harp on the comic thing, but just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from, they came with mini comics. He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers. They were they all were accompanied by comic lines, by cartoons. The best cartoons. Um so there were stories behind those those plastic figures that we had. Um, and I collected those all through my childhood, which turned into an interest, along with the comics, which turned into an interest in art. And in, I guess, uh, grade school, going into junior high, I got serious about drawing, uh, which, full disclosure, I am not the greatest artist, but I love drawing. You guys have seen a lot of my concept art drawing pieces that I use as a basis for the figures I make today. Um... I still do that. I'm still heavily into the art side of it. I still go to a monthly drink and draw and uh, participate in all the indie zines that I can. Um, another post that I'd like to do for you guys. <clears throat> and so anyway, I digress again. But coming out of, I guess, junior high and the art, artistic, artistic awakening... Um, got into uh, sports stuff, not playing. I only played baseball for one year. Didn't work out. It was junior high. Um, so I decided to collect. I collected sports cards. I even collected coins for a while. I got away from the comic books. I got away from the toys. Um, my mom had given them all away by that point anyway. Uh, 
and then high school, college, girls, forgot about toys, forgot about comics for a long time. Uh, I would guess about 2005, my brother, um, who is also somebody you should check out, Joe Crone, he's a up-and-coming comic book writer, creator, artist. Uh, you can find him on IG, Instagram and your favorite uh, social media platform. Uh, he bought me, or rebought me, because he knew I loved it. I, I can't remember the numbers. I want to say Fantastic Four, somewhere around 347, 348, where the Fantastic Four disappears for some reason, and Wolverine, Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, and Grey Hulk have to step in to find them and they become this temporary Fantastic Four. <clears throat> Great issues. He bought me those in 2005 and I remembered loving those as a kid and it immediately reawoken my just fever for comic books, for toys and nostalgia and, and all the rest. Uh, and I started collecting again, mostly comics. I'd pick up a few toys here and there. But again, it all goes back to comics for me. Um, that was around 2005. Uh, 2009 and 10, I ended up moving back in with my parents for a couple of years to sort of recalibrate. And that is when, upon a random Google search, I stumbled upon an, a figure of Icon the Superman analog from the Milestone, uh, DC's Milestone imprint. This figure, I found a few Google images, this figure was amazing. It blew my mind. I didn't know that there was a level of craftsmanship in toys that existed at that time or ever. Like I said before, I was an 80s kid, and as much as I loved those figures from the 80s and those toys from the 80s, the best part of those for me was their simplicity. The 5 POA, the static, non-moving, to this day my favorite Batman figure is the three-inch applause, looks like a cake topper, I think, <clears throat> with this blue Neil Adams costume. Um, so simplicity, less, less is more, that's what I was into, and I saw this figure, this icon figure, uh, and I was just blown away. It was something different, it was something I had never seen in the toy, from a toy. And I wanted to know more, and I researched it, I dug a little deeper, and I found out that it was, the artist was a uh, loose collector. And some of you who know the custom figure uh, industry or arena scene, if you will, uh, you're, you're familiar with Loose Collector, Dave from Loose Collector. Uh, he is, in my mind, the greatest custom figure artist, action figure artist out there. The guy, Loose Collector, is comprised of a few people, I think, but Dave is the main artist. Dave eventually became a huge influence on me, a, a big mentor uh, when I was coming up. Um, look him up. Look up Loose Collector. It's, 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 his work is flawless. It really is flawless. He never releases a figure that doesn't that isn't everything it can be. Whether even if it's a sort of that DC Direct um, stiff statuesque figure, or whether it's a Marvel Legend with all the articulation, whatever he uses as his base, 
the character that he creates is exactly what it should be. That toy, that figure is exactly, it's just so perfect. His colors, his sculpt. Um, and so, in digging even deeper and deeper, I realized there's, there's a whole community of that. <clears throat> um, Dave has since, like I said, that was around 2010. Dave has since t- kind of taken a step back. He opened a restaurant in the Philippines with his family, and he's doing that thing, and kudos to him. Every once in a while, you'll see on eBay a figure will pop up. I'm sure he still does commission, commissions every once in a while. But uh, I, when, I do, when his work does pop up, it's always great to see. Um, so I find this figure. I want to know more. I want to do more. I want to make that. The, art, the artist in me came out and said, hey, I'm back. Um, and also when I was younger those milestone characters were super cool hardware icon uh, who else is in there I can't remember right now but uh, really cool heavily underused characters Um, I didn't try to make one of those the biggest the coolest part of his figure was this cape that he used I couldn't tell if it was fabric or what um, it ended up being this spawn cape that he used for Icon's cape, and it just looked amazing. Um, and I wanted to do that, so I immediately went to my local comic shop, and I bought a. I wanted a bigger canvas, so I bought a uh, Marvel. Uh, what do you? Not Marvel Legends. Marvel Select Deadpool figure, the red costume. Um, and at the time, Marvel Select was still a little lanky; proportions were off. But I, I looked at it as a bigger canvas, um, and on a bigger canvas, I, at least I find it's easier to work, which is why most of my stuff is in the six-inch uh, scale. Um, so I bought that, and all I wanted to do was turn him into a, an X-Force Deadpool, the grayish-white suit from Rick Remender and Jerome Pena's impeccable Uncanny X-Force run. If you haven't read it, pick it up. It's one of the best mutant um, sagas I've ever read. So I figured all it would be would would, uh, would be a repaint. And I was just starting at the time. My first figure, I didn't even know. I didn't know anything. So of course I paint this thing up with some enamel paints and some garbage paints and the paint doesn't stick, chips off the joints. Uh, I, I used a thumbtack for a new belt buckle to paint the little dead uh, X, X insignia. I ended up putting way too much paint on it and it caked and stuck my thumb in it and my fingerprints were everywhere. I finally got it to a point where it was stable. Put it on eBay on a whim and it sold for I think twice what I paid for it, which was probably like 30 or 40 bucks. And I was like, holy cow, somebody likes my art. People like my art. It totally goes to my brain, to my head. Overestimated my... My, uh... uh value. <laughs> in, in, uh, in the community. But I continued to do it. I think the next figure I made was a simple kit bash, which I wasn't familiar with the term, just busting up a couple three figures or whatever and reassembling them into a different character um, I think it was an Aquaman 
at the time DC uh, Universe Classics was the big DC line and uh, there was no they only had a cut they had the, the young new 52 new 52 uh, Aquaman and there was no traditional Aquaman sort of super friends Aquaman that's what I wanted so I made one from a kick kit bashing it turned out awesome uh, and, and it just kind of snowballed from there from the Deadpool to the Aquaman to uh, I think I did a snake guys early on um, and yeah that ball that ball it just snowballed it grew and it grew and it grew to the point where I think around 2010 2011 I was gonna leave uh, my parents place and move back to Chicago which I did and when I did that uh, the custom figure thing kind of started to grow and grow and grow. I was working some side jobs at the time as well. Um, and, but this thing became something that uh, people, more and more people were showing interest in, my custom figures. At the time, um, I, was, I was pumping out I think around 2011, 2012, I was doing probably two uh, eBay auctions a week and taking as many commissions as I could. So it was definitely like I had a full plate and a half. Um, and when you compare that to my workload today, I still have the same workload, but my output is slowed down a little bit, as some of you may know. Um, but I think by far, without question, the quality um, that I'm putting out is uh, something I'm really proud of and something that um, I'm glad to see people sort of taking to. Um, and that has kind of taken me uh, to the point where I'm getting into more of the toy design, uh, more of the uh, niche sort of artistic adventurous um, designer toy land I've also I guess over the last two years um, I've been introduced to so many new toy lines uh, that I never knew existed in a community that I never knew existed in that sort of artisanal um, designer toy arena community which is an awesome community um, as I mentioned before Jesse Destacio and his Knights of the Slice toy pizza is by far my favorite uh, current toy line the Gly all the Glios pieces um, there are uh, even bigger than that for me is the sort of horror mini Maba um, um, movie homage figures of which which brings me to the next next stage and I feel like I'm maybe rushing through a few aspects of my past which I'll go go back to and you guys can always ask me about if you're interested which uh, which will be probably just as boring as this this podcast <laughs> but but uh, yeah so the mini Maba stuff uh, as, as many of you have seen, 
or not seen. Uh, I put up a post a few days ago, or last week, um, for our first Patreon exclusive gift. Everybody's getting one. It's my Chud Baby Mini Maba figure. Um, and just to be brief, a brief explanation, because I know Daniel on the Patreon asked what that was. Um, and the Maba, uh, I'm still learning as, as I go along, but the word Maba is literally M.A. from Mattel and B.A. from Bandai pushed together Maba. And as far as I know, and I'm probably wrong and you can correct me on this, but the original Maba zombie line was uh, something from the collaboration of Bandai and Mattel. They were probably like two to three inch tall um, line of horror, loosely based on like the universal monsters or the horror archetype creatures that you'd see, the Wolfman, Zombie, Frankenstein, Mad Scientist sort of stuff. Um, And they're just solid static pieces of either resin or vinyl. Some of them are hollow. Um, A lot of them have slime you can put into them and it gushes out. And that was sort of during the 80s. Um, that those were released and since then there's been this huge movement uh, in the custom figure community and designer toy community to produce to latch onto that and produce more and more and they are amazing there are some amazing pieces coming out from guys like Deadly Delivery Deadly Delivery and uh, uh, Retro Band and uh, who else is out there putting minifigure militia no I'm sorry uh, his name is escaping me I know slap John my friend from my friend John from slash dance zine just put a collaboration figure out that's an homage to the 80s mad scientist toy line from Mattel um, there's this look up the hashtag Maba zombies on Instagram and you will find a plethora of these figures and if you're a horror fan, if you're a retro fan, if you're a collector of any kind and you like um, mostly, I guess they're mostly horror homages, uh, you're going to love these things. The one I'm putting out for you guys that everybody's going to get is uh, my Chud Baby. And that's an homage to the movie, 1986 movie Chud. Cannibal, it's an acronym for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dweller. When I was a kid, walking through the, the uh, mom and pop VHS store, with the I'd walk in and see the VHS boxes on the shelves with the little hang tag. The boxes were all empty, of course, and you'd take the tag off from the nail on the shelf. And you'd walk up to the counter and say, this is the movie I want. And they'd go in the back and get you the actual tape. This was before Blockbuster, before Hollywood Video. Um, I'm sure many of you know what I'm talking about. Believe it or not, there are people out there that don't have a clue <laughs> that's how it used to be. But anyway, um, when I would walk into that video store, and I remember one in specifically in St. Charles, Illinois, where I grew up uh, and spent most of my greatest years and memories there. I'd walk in there, and Chud was one of those that I was like, oh man, what is this? It's got a creature coming out of the sewer, with the sewer cap. Sorry, there's a motorcycle buzzing by um creature coming out his eyes are glowing what is that i want to see that of course mom and dad were like no you're not going to see that 
So it's, it made me want to see it even more. That, uh, Chopping Mall, which is another toy that I got to work on with my buddy Dan from Death by Toys, Dan Polydorus. Check him out. Um, what else was another one? Defcon. It was like Defcon 3000 or something. Uh, if it was rated R and it had a creature on the front, I wanted to see it and my parents wouldn't let me. And so there's a lot of that Mini Maba resin toy um, scene harkens back to that era and those characters and those those movies. So anyway, that's a little rundown on on what uh, on the Patreon exclusive, and that's something that you guys are gonna get uh, a Patreon exclusive colorway, which is that uh, retro ooze. It's like a purple and red mix. So. I imagine like the actual chud creature being purple and he's dripping with blood because in the movie he just eats people it's, or they eat people. It's crazy. Um, so that's exclusive to you guys and nobody else is getting one except for the, my current Patreon uh, members. And that's something that I'd like to release for you guys um, when I can. Uh, as often as I can get those to you. Um, of course, there's a lot of work that goes into it, not just the, the sculpt for that figure is done, but I'm also casting the resin casts by myself at the moment. Um, and then I'm working on a couple other sculpts for new figures for that, along with my normal commission load and um, all kinds of stuff. So I really appreciate you guys supporting me there. I'm also trying to get my YouTube channel, a legit, legit YouTube channel up and rolling. And my idea behind that is full to like as many video tutorials or, um, I guess how to's and time-lapse stuff and unboxings and, uh, different processes that I use on up on the, uh, YouTube channel for all to see um, and the way it's going to work for Patreon I'm thinking is you guys will get access to it early and access to exclusive um, sort of behind the scenes uh, to those videos and uh, Q&A's and stuff like that as far as the YouTube channel goes. Uh, and hopefully that'll be up and going. I'm hoping I'll have a couple videos up that I'm working on now uh, within the next couple weeks. Um, there is not enough time in the day. And that is something that is cliche, but something I've learned uh, over the last couple years. Because there's so much stuff that I want to do. There are so many projects that I want to work on and start and for the most part I'm able to do that right now um, but I could not do it without your help and I really appreciate that you guys are there and interested so I think that is where I'm going to end this first podcast it's kind of a brief history of me and then a little rundown on a few extra random distraction distraction thoughts that popped into my head um, I hope this is audible. <laughs> We're going to find out. And uh, if you have any questions, please post them below. Uh, that's one thing I'd love to get more of is uh, just interaction from you guys. Questions, 
comments, thoughts, critiques, criticism, um, post it all in the comments. I'm open to it all. That community tab on the Patreon. Um, use it. You guys use it for whatever you want. As long as it's toy related, comic books, movies, anything you're into right now, I want to know. I want to see what it is. Um, share it. Feel free. Please do. I, I love seeing, more than, more than anything, I love seeing your collections and your hauls, what you're bringing in, what you're collecting, what you're into. But uh, like I said, anything goes. If it's toy related, pop it up there. Um, so anyway, thank you guys for listening. And stay tuned for episode two. And I'll see you in the future. All right, guys. Thank you.